going into the service this morning, I just entitled He That Is Unjust. Mm. He That Is Unjust. Focusing on the unjust one, not on the just ones. It may be just a minority few that are just. Uh, we see that we've been studying in the book of Isaiah 50, some chapters, we're on the 59th chapter now, but at the end of his prophecies, it seems as though God is bringing indictments against his people. We've heard a lot about indictments in the previous years, a couple of years, dealing with our former president. And we know indictment is bringing of charges against. And the indictment itself may not be the nexus of the problem. The nexus of the problem is within. Uh, it's what it is. But we see here God who's bringing the indictments. And we know that if he indicts you, we know that his indictments are true and his judgments are true. And it seems to be statements here, statements of hypocrisy, statements of unfaithfulness and statements of conditions that are and that maybe he's not going to change because his judgment is sure. Within that indictment, though, in the court and in the church where the justice should be, there may be a few, a remnant that would survive the charges. A remnant that would survive the charges. Yes. We look at it this morning and find out, let's see who he's talking to here. What he's talking about, it's the 14th. Starting at the 13th verse, but this text of Isaiah 59 and 14, it says, In transgression and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departed from evil, making himself a prey. And the Lord say, say and the Lord saw it. And it di displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness, it sustained him. Yes. There we are. Judgment. He says he wondered why there wasn't judgment. That's what I'm kind of wondering also. Why isn't there judgment in the world? Could it be that we're in that state or we're in that place where Jesus saw that man was totally corrupt? He was totally depraved. And that as he said, as he did during the time of Noah, he wiped man off the map. Yeah. He had declared after the time of Noah also to Moses when he seen his people, not the world now, but his people in the wilderness journey that he told Moses, stand back and he was going to wipe them off the map. He said he was going to wipe them all off the map 
Moses stood in the breach and asked God not to do it. But this time we see nobody standing in the breach. We studied that no one's standing in the breach to repair this rupture, this departing away from God, the iniquity that had separated man from God. We see a distant savior, a distant mediator that makes a statement here in the 16th verse where it says, And I saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own brought him salvation. We're talking about the Christ, the man, Jesus Christ. He entered in and he was going to salvage what was left of mankind. Because mankind didn't have the ability to judge himself. But in salvaging mankind, there has, been a, has to be a judgment passed on mankind. In other words, he had to destroy all of the governments of the world. He had to destroy man. This time, the judgment was sure. Babylon is going to be fallen. Babylon is fallen. But during this time of judgment, he still was calling out his people because the operation wasn't a total failure. The father had chosen a specific group to give unto him, and he was going to reconcile them unto himself. He was going to redeem them. He was going to place them back in correct standing with him. The book of Revelations talks about mankind, the depraved mankind. He says, Revelation 12 and 11 says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. Yes. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. Yes. Like I said, that's two groups of people. If I'm reading the verse right, mm-hmm. it's two groups of people. There, There's an unjust group yes. and there's a holy group. There's some that's righteous. And I don't know, this this group that's righteous didn't make themselves righteous. It was the Savior, it was God who made them righteous because we know that there's none good, there's none righteous. But in this project, if we, we read the whole of Scripture, and that's what we have to do, keep studying Scripture, not just each week hear something and go off that little something, we have to keep putting the whole thing together from Genesis to Revelation to understand what's going on. This is the church. This is the one he saved as he's talking about in Isaiah 59. This is his chosen people, the one who he had gave his word, the ones who knew to do right, knew what right was as we notice today we couldn't have no better parallel than we have today and as i've been teaching in bible study as it was in the time of amos and hosea all of them that told the people god had won just as god had won the people today and a church or group of people has came about today that they come right in the church and lie right in the church and live corrupted lives and right in the church that are not changing, that fail to change, but they confess God. These people pray, these people pay tithes and offerings, these people do a lot of things except sacrifice, diet to self. They're self-centered, they self-pleasure. Uh, they was dancing in the streets and everything, 
Super Bowl's going to be in New Orleans next year, they were saying. From one party to another, the next day or two after the Super Bowl champions emerge, here they are murdering and killing some juveniles, shooting and killing at the parade. They're on to the next party. They're full of idolatry, full of living for themselves and not living for God, not living the way God say live. It is a problem there. That, that's all we are. We think from what party to the next party. The Super Bowl is next year. There's nobody guaranteed to make it that far. Well, it's not guaranteed to make it that far, but that's all we think about, eating and drinking and being merry. Yes. So, let me read that in a different version. Amplified says, let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filtered is vile and impure still be filtered, and the one who is righteous and just remain righteous and just. And when that time comes, all wrongdoing will do it no all doing wrong will do it more and more. The vile will become more vile. Good men will be better. Those who are holy will continue on in greater holiness. Hmm. It seems as though one group is increasing in faith and increasing in walking in God and being washed by God. Of all the places to have the Super Bowl, we pick it in one of the most backward states that we have. Now, looking at one of the things that has occurred here in the last three weeks, a few recent weeks, where the governor said that he wasn't going to implement the program that the federal government had offered up $80 million or so for the poor uh, for the people that was on the SNAP benefits to where the children that wasn't in schools during the summertime since school be out that they could receive meals that that 80 million dollars would go to feeding them during that time that they would receive benefits to eat during that time or whatever and the government says he didn't want to accept a piecemeal approach you know, like I said, we don't even know what oppression and ju justice and fair play is. That's a oppression of the poor, and that's why the church not even studying and seeing what oppression is, but yet and still you want a Super Bowl. That's one of the most extravagant, biggest extravagance it is. And do you know we're paying multimillionaires and billionaires hundreds of million dollars to hold that Super Bowl there. The state subsidizes the Super Bowl. It subsidizes those things going on in there because it makes money, it says. Yes. See, that's what the, the world got it backwards, and that's what Jesus is looking at. You think of your pleasure in drinking and eating bowls of good, and they're talking about the cuisine and all of the things that and the money that's going to be made off of this. Nobody talks about the oppressed, the ones that's not able to eat. The ones Amos and Hosea was looking at, the ones that's pressed to the side. Pressed to the side, a lot of them looking in the right places, my first point. 
Are you looking in the right places where God's looking? Because God's searching with lights. God's looking, but man has been blinded. He can't see. One of the headlines in the news yesterday and today is that our governor said we don't have enough police. That we will bring forth and replace money here that we said we had was going to have a $43 million shortfall. But we need to get money and subsidize more police. If, if you look at, looked at the shooting that was in Kansas City, there were some 800 first responders on scene at that parade, and they had the sh- some of the shooters within a matter of minutes. Within a matter of minutes, the police couldn't have been more responsive than any because you can't cover the world. If somebody's going to shoot somebody or steal something, do something, you can't prevent those things because what a person is, they are, and you would have to have a policeman standing next to each individual to make sure they didn't do anything. That individual needs changing inside. And that's one of the reports. I don't know how many of us are studying and reading and following the things that are going on, but study says incarceration, and you know we're the number one state out of 50 states that has incarceration because that they plead guilty most of the time because they don't fund public defenders or whatever. So we've also incarcerated and also punished a lot of people that shouldn't have been punished. We got the wrong person because only the wealthy can afford the lawyers and the justice that we see in the halls that Solomon said here. Look what Solomon says, not in the halls of government or in the house of God is where you find justice. You expect to find justice in those places. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3, 16 through 26, 22, he says, Moreover, I have seen under the sun that in the place of justice there's wickedness, and in the place of righteousness there is wickedness. And th- that is in the place of, in the government, in the halls of justice, they've found out the reason they're trying to cancel the sale of Blue Cross here in Louisiana or whatever, because that very governor that said these things about these programs, three or four of his people are connected to the Blue Cross sale. Before he came in office, we know that the corruption and the oppression that's tied to him, but yet and still, that's what we put in government. That's what we have. That's the president. One of the presidential contenders was a judgment came against him from the judge yesterday that he should pay four hundred or three hundred and some million dollars for fraud. But these are our elected officials. These are the people that go forth. They, a lot of the people from the right and the left, the Republicans and Democrats are mad at John Stewart, a guy from a comedy show, The Daily Show, whatever, because he told the truth. And that's what it says. The truth is murdered in the streets. You can't enter the truth. It says, yet truth failed and he that departed from evil makes himself a prey. Truth is falling in the streets. Publicly, he proclaims the truth that we got two flawed individuals that's too old to govern the United States of America. We got two men that's on the verge of senility, 
that we are saying you don't have two better candidates to put forth than this. One of them is an old hardened criminal that won't change, that is unjust, and let he that is unjust remain unjust. The other one, the only reason people voting for him is because he's the lesser of the two. He's not as quite as wicked and as evil, but he can't keep a train of thought and he's not as cognitive as he should be or whatever. But look what other choice you have. That's the state of America. That's the Christian proposition for us. Isn't it time for God to wipe such a nation off the map? Such people, isn't it time for him to say, time out, y'all, you didn't had enough time. Mankind and had enough time. It says, in the churches, and the churches are backing him. He says, and in the place of righteousness, there's wickedness. In the churches, where the preachers are riding in jets, Mercedes, Bentleys, and all of the fast cars, all of the finest cars, wearing the finest of material, and people love it that way. If their preachers are rich and talk about prosperity and money, that's all we can look at, and that's robbery and oppression of those that's in there. That's what the people love, and that's what's happening in the houses of worship. No wonder in the book of Revelations why Jesus was talking about fighting against the church. Satan has got bold enough to put on suits and ties and go into the house of worship and his ministers have changed or transformed into ministers of light. Yes, 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 Lord. It says, I said to myself, God will judge both the righteous and the wicked for there is a time appointed for every matter and for every deed. I said to myself regarding the sons of men, God is surely testing them in order for them to see that by themselves without God, they are only animals. You're no more than that animal that one dies another. Because without the Spirit of God, you return to dust because it says from dust you came to dust you return. So if you're not born again, if you're not given eternal life, you're just the same as that animal that died. You shall cease to exist because God's the one who said the soul that sinned it shall surely die. That, that should give us a pause there to think, what can I do to prevent my death? What can I do to get right with God so I can go back with him and live forever? Or else I'll be in the condition of this man here talking, the wisest natural man that ever lived that came to the point that he had so much money and enjoyed him so much himself, so much. He had came to the conclusion all of life is vanity and vexation of spirit and there's nothing more for a man to do is eat and drink and enjoy the fruit of his labor for tomorrow we die. Yes, Lord. You see, he had came to that place of thinking that all this vanity and vexation of spirit, and that's what Ecclesiastes is about. That's for those that's living under the sun with that mentality. That's why they're robbing and killing and shooting because there's no hope for them because God had blinded their eyes. They're amongst the ones that will continue to do wrong. To continue to do unjust. You have evil, Israel over there saying that they go extinguish evil in Palestine. 
No wonder God said in the book of Romans, they have pursued their own righteousness. They are trying to achieve the righteousness of man and not the righteousness of God. They rejected God then and now they're still rejecting God. There's a way that seemed right unto a man in the end thereof is death and destruction. They're still pursuing those ends. By killing monsters, you become a monster yourself. By extinguishing evil, you become evil. That's why God said, vengeance is mine. I'll repay it until you learn that lesson. You're not a child of God because you're not obedient unto the giver of eternal life. Jesus says he has eternal life. And those that continue in his word, those are his disciples. And only those that do the will of the Father. Those are his disciples now. God's testing man. Are you going to pass the test? You're under a test here. For the earthly faith of the sons of men and the faith of animals is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. Indeed, they all have the same breath, and there's no preeminence or advantage for man in and of himself. Listen to what he put in there. He says, in and of himself. There's no advantage to man. It's only of this Savior, the one that's going to stand in the breach, that offers salvation. It's in Jesus Christ. You accept his terms or you lost. He's the way and the only way. There's no other way. Now, I've seen coming to church this morning four young men dressed in black attire and coats and hats and things with papers and things on their hand going to the corner to put out their publications and voice their belief. They're truly serious or whatever. But I wonder, are they under a false illusion? Because if they're not preaching Jesus or teaching Jesus, they're under a false illusion. Their laboring is in vain. Because in the 21st verse it says, As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord. My spirit that is upon thee and my words which I have just put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord from henceforth and forever. In other words, the word that I give you. Mm-hmm. He says, because he told the power, Jesus told his father, I've given them thy word. And it's only those that has God's word and understand God's word that he's talking about. There's two seeds out there. There's two groups of people, a just people and an unjust people, a people that's following Christ and a people that are following the doctrines in the men of this world. Let's continue on here, he says. All go to the same place. All came from the dust and all returned to the dust. Who knows if the spirit of man ascends upward and the spirit of the animal descends downward to the earth. He says, so I have seen that there is nothing better than that a man should be happy in his own works and activities, for there is his portion or his share. For who will bring him back to see what will happen after he's gone? Because a lot of people may not have lived to see the saints win the Super Bowl, but some did. Saints won the Super Bowl. 
But ain't nobody talking about the Saints winning the Super Bowl. What they're talking about now, whether the Chiefs will be a dynasty and win three in a row. You see what I'm saying? How they fluctuate is from one thing to another. Nobody knows. But way back in the day, I think the Chiefs might have won the first Super Bowl. Like they had Lynn Dawson or somebody with them back then during that time or whatever. The Jets and the Chiefs were on top of things. Right now, the Jets is a seller or in the cellar or what they say at the bottom of the run. They never win or whatever. But back then, they had Broadway Joe. Joe Namath, he, they was the talk of the town. You see how a man fluctuates, he comes and goes, and there's no remembrance of the things under the sun. But they're consistently talking about Jesus Christ, and they want to be like him. Even the Jehovah Witnesses are, are starting to preach Jesus, but it's to their own benefit. And Jesus is not going to be anybody's, how can I say this, co-pilot. Yes. He's the pilot, not a co-pilot. He is the living God. His preeminence in his name, God had highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. <laughs> so we're looking at that we hadn't opened, our eyes hadn't been opened, or the understanding of the eyes hadn't been opened. I need to get in a hurry here. The evils of oppression, Ecclesiastes 4, 1, 2, 3. Solomon says, then I looked again and considered all the acts of oppression that were being practiced under the sun. And behold, I saw the tears of the oppressed and they had no one to comfort them. But on the other side of their oppressor was power, but they had no one to comfort them. You know, there's a lot of people that followed this guy that they're following now, but they've been cast to the side. Their lives have been ravished and torn apart. But who's going to comfort you because you were confident and running with a crook and now it's just befalling to you what you had to do because you can receive for the deeds done in the body. Every seed that you sow, it's going to produce something. The works that you've done, it's going to come up. It's coming up again. All that harvest you, you've planted. If you planted wickedness and ill-gotten, yes. ill-gotten and wickedness is what you should reap. Yes. Yes. God says he's going to bring the judgment. You remember vengeance is God. That's why I say don't try to repay anybody in this life. Don't you try to root evil out. Mm. You hold your own role. You plant your own corn. It's going to grow up. He says, So I congratulated and thought more fortunate of those who are already dead than the living. He says, More fortunate are those that are already dead than the living and who are still living. Mm -hmm. Those that are dead are more fortunate than the ones alive. Their faith has been set, but yours hadn't been set yet. He says, but better off than either of those two is the one who has not yet been born, who has not seen the evil deeds done under the sun. Yes. It's better that you hadn't even seen these things that's going on. It's a, it's a mess out there. Mm, it's a mess out there. You got a group of people in which you can get converted and changed, and we don't know what sex you are. It's in your mind whether you want to be a man or a woman. You make the choice. God, it says God made a male or female, but now they can choose. that. I don't feel that way. That, that's not how I feel. Mm. Mm. Life is not, not about feeling. Mm. 
It's a lot of people feel like being married. And that's what I was telling you about love and in marriage because there's a lot of people fall in love, but they also fall out of love. That's why Jesus said, you have left your first love. A lot of these people made a covenant with God and they had loved Jesus, but Paul warned them that after they pass a certain age, that watch them marrying in the church because when they wax warning against Christ, in other words, when their flesh rise up when those nature, when nature calls or whatever, they will go back to wallowing in the mire. Mm. You know, they have needs. They will say, you know, we have needs and I just want to do this one, get this one last hit. I just want to get this last, one last chance, this one last opportunity. But see, Jesus says, when you lay your hand to the plow, you can't look back. You have to keep on plowing. You have to keep on looking on him. Keep on pressing on toward the mark. Yes. The examination of society. There's a prophet, Ezekiel. He was the prophet of the captivity, and God allowed him to examine, kept, examine society. This is what Ezekiel said in the 22nd chapter of Ezekiel. 23rd through the 31st verse, he says, Son of man, say to her, that is Israel, you are a land that is not pronounced clean or rain on in the day of indignation. In the day of judgment, you have not been washed by the word of God. You had the word of God, but it was no effect to you. Didn't do you any good. He says, there's a conspiracy of her false prophets in her midst like roaring lions tearing the prey. The preachers are out there grabbing each one for themselves. Religion against religion, ethnic violence, creeds and nations rising against nation. Everybody's for themselves. And the preachers are, are at the head of the trough. They have devoured human life. They have taken in their greed treasures and precious things. They have made many widows among her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy, that is the sacred and the profane, the secular and the holy. Yes. One day it's the same, all of them. They hadn't made a distinction in that that I said was holy. And we understand that when he made that covenant, he gave you one that was holy. And he said, I'm going to set this one aside as an example. You follow this one, that, that one's holy. The rest, these other six are not like this one. But man has determined that he can profane that and make the one that he wants that way. The whole world has followed and wandered after the beast. The whole world is deceived. Sunday is that day now. Man has chosen it. That's, that's their day. He says, my Sabbaths and they have hid their eyes from my Sabbath, and I am profane among them. Her princes within her are like wolves, tearing and devouring the prey, shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them. Thus says the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken, now they're lying on me. They're saying, I said this, and a you know, preachers love to say what the Spirit of the Lord told them. Now. Yes. 
And they love preaching and teaching. And now that there's the internet and social media, everybody has a blog or a church or some kind of group or gathering. God's the only one that can set that straight. Yes. He can only He's the only one to straighten up, up that mess of puppets. The people of the land have practiced oppression and extortion and have committed robbery. They have wronged the poor and needed, and they have oppressed the stranger without justice. The foreigners, the immigrants, the refugees, treating them like dirt. If they break the law, treat them like dirt. But if you break the law, you want somebody to have pity on you and to have mercy upon you. You don't treat people the way you want to be treated. That's what then happened in society. I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me that I would not destroy it, but I found none. I didn't find one. Therefore, I've poured out my indignation on them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I've repaid their way upon their own heads. And that's what I say. God's going to pull this out upon us all. We should be preparing for this storm that's coming. That's what the church is preparing for, and they pray, Lord, thy will be done. Each and every day we searching for him, and we walking in his way because we know he's a man that's good to his promise, and that's what Jesus Christ had given us. God the Father had given him all power and all authority, and as a man, he told us what he was going to do. He says, by his word, by his promises, those words... And if we're in the covenant, that's what we're looking for, the fulfillment of his promises so we could pray the Psalms. We couldn't pray for destruction of the land. We could pray for the destruction of the evildoer and the wicked to be rooted out because that's why he gave it to us in his word. And he said, if you ask me, I shall do that which you ask of me. Yes. Yes. And you fret not because of evildoers. You pray unto your king and your Lord. Through divine intervention, he's going to establish his government here on earth. That's why I pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do it that way. Yes, Do it here on this earth. Yes. Because there's going to be a Davidic kingdom. In other words, one in this world, in this life, we will be able to sleep at night without worrying about somebody breaking in the house. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're going to be able to go to the store without worrying about yes. somebody robbing us. Yes. We're going to live without crime. We're going to see generations of our kids, kids, kids. We're going to live thousands of years. Mm. He had promised this. Yes. He had promised a human dynasty. I'm not worried about the dynasty of the chiefs or, or the saints or the jets or the bears or the 49ers or whoever it is. Yes. I'm not even worried about that because they, they didn't forgot what sports is all about. That's, that's what Mike Shanahan and what's his name? Andy Reid talked about the social media with how oh, they didn't shake hands at the end of the game. They didn't have all for sportsmanlike conduct. It wasn't sports. Why he didn't shake the man's hand. They had already talked about that a week ahead and said, well, we're not going to shake hands after the game because the media will be out there and people will be all over the field and everything. It takes us 20 or 30 minutes to get to one another to shake one another hand. Whoever wins, we understand this and we're making a pot here that we're not going to go through their hoops, jump through their hoops and everything. 
See, the world of press and everybody makes a big deal out of everything. You know, we would do much better without social media, without the press, without the world. Everybody wants to put their two cents in. That's, that's what the problem is. Everybody got an opinion, an idea, a thought of something. And they could do it with anonymity. They could just do it on the, over the phone or on the Internet and text it in or, or put it together. They can change and wipe out your history and your life by the touch of buttons. One day God could put an end to that. Under the government of God. Isaiah 9 7 says, There shall be no end to the increase of his government and of his peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom. Yes. That's going to be right here on earth, though. Yes. That's going to be the new heaven and the new earth. So he's going to rule right here. And he promised us we're going to rule and reign with him. That's what the church is doing, is in preparations for the priesthood. That's why he said you are a royal priesthood. I don't think he's making empty promises here. That's where my faith is. By the faith, I help establish the laws of God. That's what I'm walking in. <clears throat> no end of peace. That's what you want. Peace, peace. Man always out in peace, peace. But he says there shall be no end of peace here. He says <clears throat> to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From that time forward and forevermore. How you going to do this? How is this going to be done? It says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. Amen. See, the battle is the Lord. It's Amen. not our battle. It's not our battle. See, because this movement has false witness and people that will lie in a heartbeat will stand up in the church and behind the pulpit and lie on God. Yes. But we know God's word, what it says. So God's going to vanquish all evil governments. This, you hear what I'm proclaiming? Yes. Now there's a movie out talking about the Christian nationalists. And that group of people talking about America as a Christian nation. But then there's others with statistics and the facts about just what this nation has done and is doing and still is corrupted to the core because it's not ran by Jesus Christ. It says in the book of Daniel, the, sixth, the second chapter, the 44th through the 45th verse, it says, in the days of those found ten kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. That kingdom that we pray for, that he set up right here on earth. Yes. That's why he told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. He's going to bring his kingdom right here to this earth. He said, no will its sovereignty be left to any other people. They're talking about sovereignty, and that's what these neo-Nazis and all of them love to talk about, sovereignty and going against the federal government or whatever. How about Jesus wiped both of y'all out? How about that? He says, but it will crush and put an end to all the kingdoms, and it will stand forever. All of the kingdoms and all of the government, that includes you Putin now. That's include Putin, like Joe Biden say, have no doubt that Putin's responsible for Novavati's death. The guy that died that opposed Putin, he died in prison. Everything's done in the dark will come to the light. 
because God's judgment is a final judgment. You're looking for rewards. He's going to give you what you got coming. He's the only one capable of giving you what you got coming. Every man's going to receive that what was done in his body for the deeds done in your body. That's why after you're saved, you be careful what you do, you know, because God's going to hold you accountable. That which you've done, you said, I was so depraved and so messed up, that man is going to die and I'm going to help you to put him to death. Every day I try to put old Emerson to death. This new Emerson, this new creation, I'm not like that old guy. That was the old man. This is a new man standing up here. This is a new creation in Christ Jesus. Where not I live it, but Christ live it in me and through me. I'm presenting my body unto him as a living sacrifice. He says, just as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, and the silver, and the gold, the great God has revealed to the king what would take place in the future. So the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. That Jesus Christ, who had came and died, He's the chief cornerstone. The whole building's going to set up on him. We're going to be built on that foundation. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone of that foundation. What's going to happen when the foundations of this world is shaken? When the governments of this world is shaken? When Louisiana really is going to have a deficit? And it's going to be more than a deficit of 43 or 50 million dollars, a billion dollars. It's going to be a deficit, a, a debt you can't pay. The bill is coming due. The bill is coming due. Just being trampled in the street. We're tired of seeing justice being rolled over. It was a, a couple of people here in this city that then tried to help people that was being done wrong. And they were killed in the process. In the 59th chapter, in the fourth verse, says, None called it for justice, nor any pleaded for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Those same ones that's praying and fasting unto God. The ninth fourth verse says, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doeth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity, but brightness, and we walk in darkness. And you see, as we're walking in the darkness, the whole world is in darkness. God's Word said that that would be darkness. But He has given us a light. He had given us a light from within. He had given the just a light from within, and His Word is a light unto our path. It's a lamp unto our feet. That's why we continue in the Word and we walk in the Word. The Word is our light while the whole world dwelleth in living in darkness. That's why He comes, calls us out of the world. And we understand the in implications of that, that He's talking spiritual speak. You see, people can't understand spiritual speak. In the book of Mark, when Jesus was going around healing and healing everyone in his own hometown. In the book of Mark, the 6th chapter and the 6th verse, it says, And he marveled because of their unbelief as he went around teaching. Here it is now. Here's the Son of God. Here's Jesus Christ, and he marveled at the people's unbelief. 
You know, that's what gets me. I, I, that's what I can't understand. And that's why we have to pray for wisdom from God and understanding from God. These people, the Christian people that's worshiping and calling upon this other Jesus, it makes me marvel how do you get to that point? How is that situation that you're in church and still lost? That you're in church and don't see Jesus? That you're in church and are in darkness? But see, it already explained it to Isaiah. He says, Isaiah, they will hear but they're not going to hear. They're not going to be able to understand. They're going to see and they're going to not see. You see, that's why Noah was able to preach some 120 years. He didn't have any converts. The only one he had was those that was in his own family, and that was for a recreation of a world that God had destroyed. Jeremiah preached some many a 60 years or so or more. He didn't have any converts. The only one that was with him was Baruch, his secretary. You see, God's people could be very few. As Elijah thought, he was the only one serving God. He said, no, I got 7,000 men that hadn't bowed the knee. It's going to be a lonely walk. Now, you're not going to have a whole lot with you. That's why when he says he marveled that there was no man, that there wasn't anyone standing in a breach, That's the general statement, but God has always had a people. God has always had those that are believing in him. That's why it says when he returned to earth, shall he find faith? Yeah, he's going to find his faithful. Those that have been persecuted, those that have been broken down, those that are willing to sacrifice. And that's my last point, sacrificed. He says, I looked, but there was no one to help. And I was amazed and appalled that there was no one to uphold truth and right. And so my own arm brought salvation and my wrath sustained me. That's why you got to float your own boat. He says, save yourself from this untoward generation. You know if God's talking to you or not, Jesus Christ dwelleth in you. He's the hope of glory. So within this mixture of sincere and insecure, you have to be a king during the time where there's many able running around. I mean, you have to be a able during the time when there's many a king running around. There's going to be a many a people prosecuting you. There's going to be people persecuting you. There's going to be people speaking evil of you. Justice is not always served in this life. You can't, you know, and that's why I can tell a lot of false Christians, that's why you can tell that these Christians that stand up and say this ain't fair, that ain't fair. We as Christians know that life ain't fair. That's what Solomon says. Life ain't fair because you're living under the sun. You're living in Satan's world. Satan is the God of this world. Fairness is not what his world is about. You only go find fairness and justice in the next life, in the next world. Jesus was the greatest prophet to come along, the most innocent individual that ever lived. He saw injustice. They killed him and hung him on a cross. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Well, you're talking about injustice, but that's why we have God. Amen. That's what we're looking at, that we have God. And as Job says, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Amen. See, a lot of things go befall children of God, a lot of injustices and things. But we shouldn't go around mumbling and complaining. Woe is me. We should stand as Stephen and pray. He was praying for those that were stoning him. And he says, Lord, don't hold it to their charge. Forgive them. 
Because that's the same thing my master said on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Now, we studied that during Bible study. You have to remit other people's sin back to them or you hell, you're being held and you're being bound by those sin. You become as vindictive and evil and worse as them if you start trying to prosecute them for what they've done to you. That ain't your job. You're not the judge. He says, judge ye not lest you be judged. You put it in God's hand. Yes, Lord. What you've done to me, you've done unto God. Mm. He says, they are the people of, of my eye. What you do to, to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Amen. That's why we treat our enemies in a certain way, because Jesus told us to love our enemies. Now, what God does with our enemies, that, that's it. So when you fall in a snare, don't try to fault me for it. I, I, I tried to help you. When you was in bad shape, I prayed for you. When you was fighting against me, I tried to help you and I prayed for you because my Lord and Savior told me to. It says Isaiah 58 and 2, Yet they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways, some superficially and some honestly searching for me. Those that search and pray superficially, I reward superficially. I keep blinded. I keep them where they're at because they're not with sincerity. But he told those that who sincerely see and seek after him, you shall find him. When you search with all of your heart, when you fully committed, when you get serious with God. You see, a lot of us think we can fool God. We feign sincerity, and God sees our heart. He knows our thoughts. He knows the motives and intents of the heart. He's a discerner of the inner man through the thoughts and the discerning of spirit to the marrow and the bone. That's with inside your bones. He knows what's going on. I know those that are thinking, I hope he shut up so we can go get something to eat. He noticed those that were saying these things about him on the cross. He knows what we're going on. Wouldn't you like to know these things? Then God gave, given you a certain discernment. That's what keeps the people of God walking in the way. His attributes, he's making us in his image and his likeness. And he, that's what imbues us with power that he gives us of his power. To those, he gave the power, the authority, the ability to become the sons of God, those that believe upon him. He says, a nation that has done righteousness and had not abandoned a turn from the ordinance of God. And we know as a nation, we have abandoned these things. And so he pays back the nation, but not all within that nation has done wrongly. There's a many of us in America are wonderful Christians that are following Jesus Christ with all of their heart. Abraham knew God wasn't one to slay the righteous with the wicked. That's what I say when Israel go attempt to root out evil in Palestine, you throwing out the baby with the dishwater. Yes, yes. You killing everybody, you murdering everything, come along. Yes. But we praying God be merciful unto us. And I believe it's a lot of us that God's going to pull through this thing. Don't, don't you think that God's going to pull you through isn't that what you're living for? Isn't that what you're praying for? Don't you think he's going to hear your prayer? Those that cry unto him night and day. During this life, there will be very few trying to follow after Christ. 
<clears throat> he says, he gave us in the book of Galatians, who gave himself for our sins. Now he died, he given himself a innocent man, given his life to die for what we had did for our sins. It says he died for our sins. Why did he do that? That he might deliver us from this present evil world according to his will. So he delivers us from this present evil world. So we walk in this world delivered from the evil. That's why I said keep them in the world, but I pray that you keep them from the evil in the world that they may be unspotted according to the will of God, washed by the will of God, because he gave us a charge, a commission to go out and make disciples just like us. Michael, he had told us what he was requiring them in this march. He says, he has told your man what is good and what does the Lord require of you except to be just and to love and diligently practice kindness, compassion, and to walk humbly with the Lord your God. Setting aside any self-righteousness and self-pleasure and all of these other things that you walk humbly and that you do justice, that you do just, you see, but he that is unjust, let him remain unjust. I'm not going to try to change him. He didn't change the Pharisees. He said, woe be unto Judas. He was going to judge him. There's a lot of evil people out there. You better beware. Everybody that's saying they're Christian, you better beware. You better ask God to open your eyes. The book of Proverbs says, to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Mm, God is more pleased when we are just and fair and when we, than when we give him gifts. So how do we want to end this thing about the just and what the church ought to be doing? Let's end it with Isaiah 56 chapter. 56 chapter of Isaiah says, this is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do righteousness. And all of his commandments are righteousness. That's the character that's inbred into us. As he has imputed his righteousness unto us, we should walk therein. He says, for my salvation is soon to come. That's what we're looking at. He's a redeemer. He's a savior. He says, and my righteousness and justice is soon to be revealed. Blessed and fortunate is a man that does this, and the son of man who takes hold of it, who keeps the Sabbath without profaning it, and keeps his hands from doing evil. So we have to do those things. It's required of us. That's what the church has to do during this time, and not acquiesce or tolerate what the world is doing and become a part of the world. He calls us out of the world. He says, come out of her, my people. Come out of her. But there's a test that we should do. But there's a lot of preachers that says you have favor with God and they're not preaching repentance and death to self and that you will suffer in this life. They're preaching prosperity. They're preaching peace and all of these things when there is no peace. He come to bring the sword. That's going to be division. If you're not having problems in your home, you're probably not living for Christ. Until your whole home lines up with Christ, there's going to be those dysfunctions in the family. 
because that's what Christ is making us steadfast and immovable in the faith. We will either break those or drive them. And that's what we have to be, a shining light. We have to let that light so shine that men would see that light. And once they see that light, do you know they rise up and fight against that light? But you can't be crying and say, Lord, they just ain't fair and they're doing this and how much injustice it is. No, you have to stand. You have to stand and you have to learn that only Jesus Christ is going to help you come through this untoward generation. And that it may be your relatives and those that's very close to you that's walking that way. But you have to see our end is in Christ Jesus yes. and in his word. He's going to give you solace. He's going to give you peace. But you have to walk justly and uprightly in this world. Heavenly Father.